Welcome to the Transform Sales Podcast, where forward-thinking business leaders come to share their experiences and ideas, learn from each other, and amplify their results together. All right, I think we are live now. Marianne, how are you doing today? I'm excellent. Thanks for having me. Awesome, Marianne. Great to have you on the show. Marianne, I want to start giving the audience a little bit of background, and why don't you tell us how you got into the sales outsourcing industry? Sure. Uh you know, I'd, I'd been in sales and marketing for years. I actually did quite a lot in financial services and, um, you know, with banking and insurance. And um, I had moved into tech. And then during the whole dot-com thing, I had some executive roles in some tech companies. And I was actually a consumer of outbound B2B marketing services. Right. And I know one of the things that I couldn't find was anything that I could actually plan my pipeline against. So, you know, people would come in and they're showing me, you know, the software that their agents use, or we don't let them go to the next screen till they answer a question and we make this many dials and all this. I'm like, yeah, but I mean, what kind of output can I expect? And there's mm -hmm. like, you know, this big question mark. So I knew that that was a really big space to address. And so when I built this company, over two decades ago, I built it based on that. And so we build every everything that we do is all designed around output. And it's all designed around pr predictable, sustainable programs that you can actually plan your pipeline against. Okay, wonderful, Marianne. So you started, uh, so that's quite some journey. Uh, yeah. One of the things that stood out the most was I was a user of these services first. I was getting outbounded. I was getting some messages. And you probably identified when someone had some good uh, sales experience or a good initiative, a good value prop that merit paying attention to and, and fluffy messages. And now yeah. that you have an agency, that's probably resonated well. So why don't you tell me a little bit uh, throughout that journey who are now the best fit customers for Vanilla Group? So we work with enterprise tech companies, um, you know, some services companies in that space, but it's all related to enterprise tech. And the types of solutions, that's pretty broad. So we work with like, you know, industrial control systems or insure tech or med tech or e-procurement network telecom. I mean, we've got like, if you look on our website, we've got a pretty long list of what we've worked in. Um, the thing that I really look at is what is their sales landscape like? So, okay. you know, that's more where we fit is, you know, they, they typically have a, a big ticket item with six to nine months or longer sales cycle. Um, you know, multiple stakeholders, a lot of planning on the sales side, you know, maybe they're going after really big accounts and they need a lot of runway to be able to develop those accounts and understand what's going on in there. Um, you know, maybe they're waiting for contracts to expire, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So um, just a, a much more complex sale. And that's where we fit in because they hire us to find out where the deals are. So where are their near term, you know, midterm, long term, you know, what's going on in those accounts. Be wonderful. So it sounds like six to nine months for the sales cycle, just to recap a, a few highlights. If yeah. this is a multi-champion, multi-stakeholder type of relationship that you need to build with the target audience, that's when your services come in yeah. uh, to play very well. And um, also you help analyze a little bit of the pipeline, what deals do they already have and see where the low hanging fruit may be to quickly turn that into revenue and continue to work on the ones that you may have a little bit of a longer, as you said, runway uh, to convert. Wonderful. Yeah. Now, and also, 
yeah, I did want to add some of them have even longer sales cycles. So some of them are 18 plus months. And so six to nine is a starter, but it, it's typically that type of investment that it, it's it's a pretty substantial sales cycle. Okay, wonderful. So yeah. this is interesting because there's a lot of uh, the people listening to this episode, they are in tech, they have uh, large annual contract values, large mm -hmm. deals, maybe large targets selling into enterprise. So how about we talk a little bit of a success story, share some numbers and maybe one of those services, tell me one specific outcome that you were hired for and, and maybe the story on what you deliver and how you got there. Yeah. Um, so what we're delivering is account profiling, where we go in and find out where, who's the stakeholders, who are the influencers, what's going on in here, uh, what, what is it going to take to get this deal? So do they have any obstacles in this account or, you know, who, who are the stakeholders? What's their kind of appetite for working with this particular customer? So we find out a ton of information about them. Um, and then we schedule appointments where that makes sense. But what really we're trying to find out, like, how do you close this deal and how do you get into this account? And so we had a big network services provider that we worked with and, and, um, so they were they were doing really complex things for companies that had multi-site type of environments. So like banks and retailers you know, that had hundreds or even thousands of locations. Okay. And so they were working with us that we were getting this deep dive information, appointments where it makes sense. And then they brought in a couple of appointment setting firms because, you know, reps love appointments, right? So it's like, they just want to show up at a, yeah. So they ran that for a period of time and then they went back and evaluated it. And 80% of the deals that closed, the big deals that closed came from us. And wow. that's because we gave them you know, the information that enabled them to do the right thing. So it was that, that background, that depth of Intel that we got that made the difference. Okay, so I see a, a twofold play with this service, which is, we are doing the lead generation as in identifying the prospects, mm -hmm. but also setting up the meeting in a way that we empower your team to close with the right information. Why are they attending the meeting? What is the need? Right. What influence? How can you impact? Yeah. And um, in this case, even though they brought in the competition, 80% uh, of the conversion came from the leads that you generated. This is wonderful. Yeah. Why don't you tell me a little bit more around how do you generate these prospect leads or, or, or leads that converted so well? What sure. sources do you use? A little bit of that. Uh, a lot of it is uh, we do a ton of account research. Um, we have access to you know all the sales intel that we would need. We subscribe to a ton of stuff. Um, we do a lot of the list building based on their ICP. Um, so sometimes they'll come to us. We do a lot of collaboration on the data and on the list, and that's really important. So um, a lot of times companies will come to us. Maybe they have a list of, you know, the stuff their reps can't get into. And mm -hmm. it's like, mm, you know, I mean, we can help you with that. But I mean, we're not if these people know who you are and refusing to get into you and giving us a list of exclusively that, that's not a fit, right? So um, we work with them to make sure that we arrive at the right data set. Um, and then and then we start working it. We work really close with our clients through the whole process. So I think of us more as a department for them. 
So it's not like we're just this marketing vendor, sales vendor out mm -hmm. there working. I mean, we're actually very, very integrated with their organization. And so we're finding this and it's a very kind of bi-directional exchange that we're having with them because yes. they find out stuff and then we find out. And so we're, we're building uh, relationships in these accounts for them. Wonderful, Marianne. I, I've definitely seen the, the situations where the more that communication flows in both ways, you can yeah. not only provide insights as to, hey, why should you close these deals? But also, if you're not setting an appointment, what is the reason for that? Why are people rejecting right. to take the, the meetings? And therefore, should we iterate? Should we change the targets? Uh, one of the things that you did mention um, that was interesting is we use different databases. There is different sales intelligence, maybe intent data, right, that goes into play. But also, you work best when the company brings an ideal company profile rather than here's a short list of people to go after. If it's yeah. sort of like a very, very focused account where they don't really leave you much wiggle room or decision or, or maybe ability to use your own expertise, then, hey, maybe that's not the right for us. Um, but let's go on your target list, some recommendations and, and tackle that together. That's a very important thing. Yeah. Now, when it comes to, so you mentioned how you build a target lead list. How about executing the sequence in order to get into a meeting? How many touches do you typically use and what channels do you do you typically use to outbound? Yeah, typically, and uh, the vast majority of what we're doing is having conversations. And so, um, you know, typically, you know, it's maybe eight to 10 times that we're reaching out before we connect with them. And, you know, a lot, a lot of people have a negative opinion it's funny like you look on linkedin and there's all these articles like cold calling is dead and all this i mean that's, <laughs> yeah. that's been, it's just because people don't like doing it um but it's it's not that people don't take calls they don't take bad calls and they get bad calls all day long so you know if you it, you know and i always try to help people understand that when you know these executives they call people they don't know every day and so it's just another business call. So it's a peer level business call where there's, you know, that that situational business technical fluency so that you can really make a good connection and find out what's mm -hmm. going on in there. Um, so it's a it's a pretty complex skill set um, skill set that we bring. And that's what you need to be able to have that. Like so many companies, they want to hire like the cheapest, least expensive resource put it on the front lines to call the most important executives in a company. There's and a it's like, why are you doing that? You know, <laughs> I yeah. mean, that's not, that is not going to yield what you need. So the, the bulk of what we do is having those conversations, but we can do it in a way that we're able to uncover a lot of real deep dive intel. All right. So there's a, a lot of, methodologies that go into the way they you express the value prop the yeah. messaging and get pierced through the noise basically right yeah is yeah, there so is there no like uh yeah go ahead go ahead no i was gonna say you know so that they stop what they're doing you know i think of this as like a form of interrupt marketing so interrupt, yeah yep so you're interrupting them and are are you a good use of their time to stop what they're doing and talk with you and mm -hmm. You know, that's really where we stand out is being able to do that. Now, let me ask you something. Do you have a preferred first touch channel between email or phone? Generally, we're calling them first. We don't want to get in an email kind of thing where we're going back and forth. You can't really get a lot of information 
out of an email. And right. I find one of the things that happens is when you're emailing, you're kind of going back and forth. You can look at an email that's gone back and forth like five times. It's like you still don't know anything. Right. And it, it's better to as, as often as possible just to have the conversation. And then you can follow up with email. So we we do use email, but we try to talk to them first so that we can get as much information as possible. I like that. There's definitely a lot more that you can say in a small conversation than than through a long back and forth exchange. Yeah. And I typically don't go this deep, but considering your experience in sales, if you don't mind me asking, what would be for you a good opener that if you listen, you're like, all right, you just earn 30 more seconds, couple more minutes to explain your value prop. If you could give the audience some advice. You know, just have a normal conversation. <laughs> I mean, I think one of the things, you know, like you get calls and you know, like I had somebody that called me, I answer my phone. I'm like, hi, this is Marianne. And she's like, oh, is this Marianne Vanilla? I'm like, yeah. And and then um, and then she goes, oh, well, CEOs don't usually answer their phone. I'm like, well, you have my cell phone. And then we have this conversation for like a few minutes about how CEOs don't answer their cell phone. I'm like, OK, so all the time I had is now chewed up because we talked about why I answer my phone. Right. So right. it's like I. It's just having a normal conversation. So no gimmicks, um, you know, don't get into the, hi, how are you? And can you give me 30 seconds? And if you like this, and will you give me another 30 seconds? You know, like all of that stuff doesn't work. Just mm -hmm. calling up somebody, not apologizing. That's another thing that people do. Like I get a lot of emails. It's like, I'm so sorry to email you. It's like, it's business. It's like everybody, you can call people, you can talk to people, you can email people. And so, you know, don't create this weird class distinction by how you speak to your prospects. So it's like, just, just open the conversation and just say who you are. So there's kind of this, this formula of, you know, this is who we are. This is what we do. This is who we do it for. This is what they're getting. You know, is this something interesting for you? And not try to make it into something it's not. And I think that's one of the things that happens. Like when I get calls, because I get a ton of vendor calls, I can always tell when people are gold by appointments because they're mm -hmm. just like trying to get a meeting. And right, you know, just the other day, I had something like that happen where they kind of called me and offered me one thing. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of cool. And then they said, would you look at our solution? I'm like, yeah. So then I get on this call and it's like the sales VP and everything. And I'm like, <laughs> whoa, I just said I would take a look at this, right? So, and then they're asking me all these questions. I'm like, I'm not going to tell you. And I said, also, it's like, I said, I would look at this. I am not a prospect for you guys. And, you know, that, and so that's another thing is, you know, don't, don't try to make it into something it's not, and don't try to, you know, rope people in on a call that they don't want to be in. And I think that's what creates a lot of the resistance that prospects have is those types of experiences. Um, you know, because they're like, no, I'm not even going to open a conversation because this is going to go somewhere I don't want it to go. And so it's important not to trigger those types of responses. I like that. So a lot of the what you said, um, and I like one last word that you mentioned, their experiences, right? I hear that you, you're not really sharing, hey, use this script, use this template, but rather work on the mindset and B2B, B2C ultimately is human to human. Have a conversation. Yeah. Be exactly. honest, be direct. Yeah, like I have a blog post on my um, LinkedIn and it's on our website too. Would you talk to you? Would you take a call from you? Yes. And that's the thing is, 
a lot of people don't really have the awareness of, you know, what is this call like? So I, I do a lot of work with helping people to, you know, like call yourself and leave yourself a voicemail that mm -hmm. you're leaving for your customers. Would you call you back? Right. Or, you know, when you're opening a conversation, you know, like when you're on the phone and all of this is, is a lot of soft skills, right? So yes. when you're calling somebody on the phone, they can't see you. So everything you're doing with your voice, like right now I'm talking with my hands and everything, right? But when, when you're on the phone, you should sound exactly the same as when you're in person. And also everything you do is very exaggerated on the mm -hmm. phone because that's all they have. So like if you ask, if, if you make statements like a question, it, it projects a lack of confidence. Um, you know, just all these, all these little small things that you have to dial in to make it effective. And so that's, that's something, you know, like, you know, I've been doing it for so long. The team's been doing it for so long. It's like, we don't really think about that, but, um, a, a lot of people, especially that are just starting off in sales or something like that, it's like, you got to fine tune that early mm -hmm. and you'll see your, you'll see a big difference in results. It's going to be harder than the line to unlearn the wrong methodologies and to just start fresh, start from scratch in the right path. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why it's good. You know, there's so many tools now you can record yourself. You can do yeah. all kinds of things to really get a read on what's happening so that you can fix it. Now, we went on a little bit of a, of a, a tangent here because I yeah, really yeah. wanted to get your insight. You do have a very specific and special uh, perspective because, as you mentioned it earlier, I've been prospected. You still get prospected, right, as a CEO, um, but you now provide that service as well. So you can definitely evaluate those differences and nuances. Mm -hmm. Now, when we were talking about these appointment setting service with lead generation, uh, I also wanted to ask you, is there a recommended target for these type of services as in industry, geography, um, locations, uh, or languages? We work uh, in English speaking countries. I do some Western Europe stuff for some of my clients, but I don't do that as a first program. It's usually that's something that evolves over time. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we stick, stick with North America. Uh, as far as who we're targeting, um, a lot of that has to do with the client and their tech, you know, like sometimes we've done channel programs where a, a large company that has a big uh, channel partner uh, system, you know, we'll, we'll do programs for them with like MDF funds, for example. Okay. Uh, and that's like a repeatable program that those partners can use. And maybe they're targeting a different type of company or whatever it might be. So um, it's more, you know, I would, I would say the, there's industries that we do less in, like maybe education, just because those are really long sales cycles. Um, mm -hmm. But for the most part, I mean, we we call into you know, most industries, and it and we're generally calling into larger companies. So, again, you know, bigger solutions, bigger companies. So we're not calling into like real small SMBs or like mom and pop shops and stuff like that. I mean, we're, we're calling into enterprises that would look at that level of solution. Perfect. And within that, within that niche, would you say, uh, because you did mention, hey, this could be multiple champion, multiple stakeholder deals. Do you have a preferred maybe persona that you speak with? Owners, chief of technology, finance, or really any different like director and above type of uh, 
job title is a fair. Yeah, I mean, director and above is usually who we're talking to. Um, you know, it, a lot of the companies that we work with, they have business line stakeholders. So, you know, it's not like we're going right after the CIO or something. We're, we're mm -hmm. finding out like what's happening at the business level and what types of things are they pushing up the chain to get approved so that they can implement. Um, so that, that part of it's pretty broad. And really we do a lot of role-based prospecting. So we don't just pull a bunch of titles. It's more like, what do they do? So we, we wanna make sure that we're talking to the right function in an organization. Perfect. So that, that's another important thing that we work on. Now, when you mentioned also that this is more of a mid-market enterprise type of transactions and outbound, do you have a preferred or is there a sweet spot when it comes to the annual contract value of, of the services that you can offer through the appointment setting service? Yeah, typically, you know, on a low end, it's you know, 150, 200K at least. Um, plenty of deals that exceed a million. So it, if it's like a network kind of appliance, it's like a, you know, $5,000 thing or something, we're not a fit for that. So we're definitely at the higher end of what they would be investing. Okay, wonderful. Now, um, the next thing I wanted to ask you is, these are some great results, some definitely some impact that you're making for your customers. Why don't you tell me a little bit of the reports that someone can expect if they were to hire you for these services? How often can they meet with you and, and how do they receive the information? Is it a meeting? Is it a, a CSV file, a CRM? Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, we're we're integrated with all their systems and, you know, we get them on our Slack. And I mean, so we're real, you know, we're, we're in constant dialogue with them. Um, teams, we use Teams a lot now. But the um, the, the other thing too is our reporting is pretty comprehensive. So we report on a lot of different things. Um, and it's funny because I've worked with like business intelligence companies. They love our reporting because it is so comprehensive. So it does report, you know, opportunities, you know, the, the list that we built. So there's a lot of different KPIs that we're looking at. And so mm -hmm. they, they get all of that. And now, we, if you, we meet with them a lot and we send them updates pretty frequently. Yeah, and tying it back to what you said earlier about, hey, the, we perform better when we're treated as an internal part of the team. Yeah. We are part of the team. We're not just an external party, a third party right. uh, out there delivering. Now, some companies sometimes have a preference around reporting productivity data versus conversion data. Sounds like, hey, we can adjust and report on either side of the whatever you decide it's valuable to you as a customer, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the one thing I don't get into is like dials and all that kind of stuff. Cause it's like, who cares? Like if I come to you and say, we dialed a hundred thousand people and we got nothing, right? Like who cares? And so what I look for, and that's what I look for with anybody's uh, output is like, what's the output? I can tell if the volume of outbound is there, if the output is there. So, you know, one thing I don't work with companies that this isn't a fit for, and I can tell if it's not a fit and that could be a lot of different things, but I can tell if we're not going to be a fit. And so I'll know, you know, I'll have like a rough idea of what would be a normal expectation. And so what I look for is output. And so I, I look at a lot of different things um, in the reporting, but I'm not looking at low value activity numbers because I don't care about that. I care about what is actually contributing to their revenue goals. 
pipeline created, the productivity numbers may yeah. just not push the needle. Let's go ahead and see what's being created, what's moving down. Excellent. Um, how, help me understand a little bit of an onboarding process and the ramp up time, let's say, back to the success story you mentioned. Why don't you tell me a little bit of how long it took you to onboard and then um, what were the results that your customers were getting before hiring you? How long did it take you to make an impact and what sort of impact they received? Yeah, so the, the type of impact that we make, um, we do a pretty extensive discovery with clients and that could take, you know, anywhere from three to four weeks. And then, uh, you know, we, we have our whole data process that we ramp up. So usually it takes about eight weeks to start seeing some productivity. Um, from there, you know, we'll start making an impact to their bottom line, you know, within that quarter that we actually start. So, you know, I've, I've had clients, I know I had, um, I've had a couple that came back and they were just blown away after just a quarter. They're like half of what we're seeing in the pipeline came from this program. So, you. you know, it's just, it's just making sure that it's all set up correctly in the beginning. Okay. Wonderful. Um, this is all great information. So I think one of the last questions I want to make you is around advice that you can give the audience, anyone watching to this episode, considering to hire Vanilla Group, but wanting to get the results they expect fast. What would you tell them to maybe prepare or yeah, how can they get those results fast? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So be engaged with the program. So that's something that's really important. And I just, you know, did that ebook on outsourcing that I mentioned. And the um, that's one of the big points. It's like participate in the program. Like sometimes companies start a program and then they kind of assign the management of it like way down chain to somebody at an administrative level and they don't really have the teeth to make any changes. And then the thing's out there running and nobody knows what's going on. And, you know, that's that's not the way to do it. So. Um, you know, you have to participate in your program. And, you know, there's certain indicators that I have, like if they know what's going on with deals that we identified and things like that, that's a really good sign. You know, do they, are they making all of our meetings, um, you know, the, the calls that they have with us, you know, those types of things. So just participating in your program um, and communicating with us. So keeping us in the loop, you know, any product changes, any announcements, all that kind of stuff, keeping us in the loop and, you know, following up on the recommendations, like we make recommendations on accounts. And I actually, I worked with an organizational psychologist to build our reporting because I know how, you know, like we've seen everything go into a digital environment. And yeah. so you'll, now everything's like a link in their CRM. So how do you present that in a way that it it makes a difference and it's just not a bunch of content? So there's ways that we deliver the content to the organizations to make sure that they get the most out of it. So, and, and part of that is we make recommendations. So those recommendations are there for a reason. And we find when they don't follow those, like the next steps and things like that, you know, then things can fall apart. So. You know that that's it participate communicate and and follow the recommendations and and they'll have a really great program wow that's interesting it sounds like rather than sharing statistics and just raw data about a deal or fields populated in a crm you kind of share a story behind how this deal can actually happen why yeah. they are here and what they need to do to just right. make it a dream come true right yeah yeah and we'll tell them like, this is what this person's role is. This is, 
where they are going to be able to influence this. This is what they want to know. So, you know, it's a, it's a very in-depth overview for them. They love it. And so I, and that's another thing when, when I work with teams that love the, the level of data that they get from us, that's awesome. So that, those are always really long-term relationships. Wonderful. I enjoy hearing that. Marianne, it's been a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for sharing these key details, some best practices over there as well. Is there anything else you would like to share with the audience? No, I mean, we've, we've got a ton of resources out there. And so, you know, I encourage people to connect and um, connect with us and, you know, I look forward to staying in touch with everybody that was here. Awesome. Thank you so much. There you have it, team. If you are considering to work with Vanilla Group, you can find them in the Cloudtos Marketplace. Thank you so much for paying attention. See you guys on the next one.